Well, good day, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time it is by you. Welcome to Line Drive Radio. We're hoping your favorite baseball podcast. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding down the board here, as always, on Long Island, in the great state of New York, home of the New York Yankees, the Amazons, and the New York football giants. It's football season, folks. It's time to bring on my Line Drive teammate, as always, from the great city of Chicago. Home of them Cubbies, home of them White Sox, and the Chicago Bears. We were also in Wisconsin this weekend with the Yankees. My good friend, Mr. Ted Bamford. Ted, welcome back, buddy. How are you? Yeah, we were trying to avoid any uh, Bears references this morning. Uh, <laughs> but here we are. No, I mean, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a slightly different time in Chicago than it is in New York. Uh, Rangers have uh, legitimate uh, Stanley Cup aspirations. Uh, At least that's what the marketing's showing. The market. It looks like the... Uh, Get in here. It's a show to It watch. looks like, uh, you know, the... Uh, giant, uh, the, the Yankees and the... Uh, Mets will probably both end up in the playoffs. Um, and uh, the, uh, the football teams are winning. And uh, in Chicago, we've got... Uh, <laughs> Man, this, 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 this Skype call today is hurting my friend, Mr. Bamford, my, today. Oh, the, my uh, well, let's just, uh, let's, let, let's, let's just go in here. The White Sox continue to find ways to frustrate... The Cubs uh, just didn't – they just released um, Frank the Tank Schwindel. Oh, man. Uh, so he is available for teams that need a first baseman who was great for two months. <laughs> um, Done kicking the tires there, yeah. huh, Tab? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I I know a couple people with teams in men's leagues that could use uh, someone of oh, his abilities. <laughs> but uh, Frank the Tank, uh, he of the uh, sudden excitement baseball card collecting variety, um, is uh, is no longer with the Chicago Cubs. And this wasn't even a, like, hey, why don't you go finish up the season and get some run? Uh, and help the boys in the playoffs in the minors situation. This was a, a uh, go find somebody else to pay you. Uh, <laughs> and then the Bears lost for the 872nd consecutive year in Green Bay. Oh, man. Um, so, but look, I, I, you know, Paul, I want to give kudos that, enough with my 12 step program from Chicago. Um, <laughs> kudos to your New York scene. Uh, because Thriving. I, don't saw, I don't know if you saw this fun fact on the Twitterverse yesterday, uh, but yesterday was the first time that the Mets, Yankees, New York football Jets, and New York football Giants uh, of the Daniel Jones and elite Joe Flacco's, uh, first time that all four of those teams won on the same day since September 27th, 2009. There was there was a quick rumor there about a parade today. There was a short rumor, but it got squashed because you can't. Have well, you know, they don't have parades for that to happen. 
I mean, look, it, the last time the Rangers had a parade, uh, OJ did one of his own on the other coast and totally upended their celebration. Yeah, and I was so, 25 years younger. <sighs> yeah, uh, we were both uh, handling stairs with significantly uh, more ease on a daily basis. But no, uh, Yankees, Mets, Jets, Giants all went on the same day, September 27, 2009, and September 18, 2022. So it only took them... 13 years to get four dubs on the same day. Well, Yankees so, and the Giants you know, have been waiting for the Mets and the Jets to catch up here a little bit, you know. Well, when the names rhyme, I, I think that's your fundamental issue. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Um, when, you're, just... when, when you're just changing one letter, you're not changing the results. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, well. You know, we'll see. But we are... Uh... We're due for some championships here in New York, and we haven't had one here in quite a while, not including the NYFC soccer club here uh, that also plays in Yankee Stadium uh, that won, I believe, a year or so ago. It was funny, just uh, I don't know how much of a big MLS fan you are, Tab. Uh, the Chicago Fire out there, I don't know what they're bringing, but uh, that's about it here in New York. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, uh, I, 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 there are pitches that I, I spend time on. Most of them are being thrown, not kicked on. Um, so, uh, yeah, soccer's not necessarily my forte. Uh, the fire have, uh, struggled mightily. Uh, to grab it's a terrible uh, name for a team by the way yeah terrible name for a team from from a terrible tragedy in your great city yeah yeah whose bright idea was it to be like "Eh, you know what the whole place went down let's go with that for a name i mean they've redesigned their logo like 37 times in the last 10 years uh i mean the good news is that they're playing it they want to play at soldier field unlike the bears uh so you know they, it seems like it's working out great for them but uh but even on that note too right you have the chicago fire and you have nyfc here right neither of them have a stadium the fire did they the did. fire built a it? gorgeous stadium on the south side and played in it but they're like hey you know what people don't like driving down here even though they generally had pretty good crowds. They've got a nice fan base, but it's a niche fan base. And they're like, eh, you know, why don't we go do Soldier Field? It isn't like the Bears are doing anything there. So <laughs> they, so literally, it's like the Park District, for those that don't know, the Chicago Park District, not the Chicago Bears, owns Soldier Field. Which is why the Chicago Bears bought a big chunk of land where Arlington Race Course used to be, and they're going to build a new stadium in Arlington Heights, which is about depending on which part of the city you want to call yourself from, 20 to 40 minutes outside of the city. Uh, So the Bears are going to leave Soldier Field at some point in the next decade, uh, downtown proper. And the mayor of Chicago likes to say, well, they can't be the Chicago Bears if they're not in Chicago itself, to which I'm like, is that like the San Francisco 49ers that are playing in unincorporated San Jose or the Dallas Cowboys playing in Arlington? Or the New York Jets and the New York Giants playing in New Jersey. <gasps> like, at what point did uh, at what point did Mayor Lightfoot start paying attention to where teams play football? 
Anyway, soapbox over. I am uh, hitting some playoff, sauce playoff pots baseball. today, folks. Uh, yeah, let's talk. Let, let's talk about the Minnesota Twins falling apart at the seams, but uh, because that's more fun than anything Chicago has to offer. And now, look, the White Sox are seven and three in their last ten. They've won their last two. They're within three and a half of the Guardians. We talked about it last week. We've talked about it at length this year. They've got a bunch of games against each other head to head down the stretch. So as long as they're within like four, they just got to win five out of six to make it interesting at the end of the year. But they just they look. The Guardians have won eight of their last ten, so it isn't like they've even made up ground going winning seven of their last ten. So that's kind of the the rub here. Uh, the East, everybody's just treading water. The Jays have jumped in front of the Rays uh, by half a game. The Orioles are back to where about we thought they would be, but you know, shout out to them for being seven games over five hundred. Um, and we've we've started eliminating teams from playoff consideration this weekend. The Cubs received their elimination papers. Great run, boys. Uh, uh, th- three of the five teams in the National League Central out. Two of the five in the National League East out. Somehow the Colorado Rockies not out. Hanging in there, Rocky Mountain way. But, yeah, even though even though they're thirty-seven and a half games out in the division, they uh, they're still somehow alive. Go figure. Uh, in the American League, uh, the Rangers, Athletics, Royals, and Tigers have started booking tea times and vacations. So that's kind of where we're at with stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, just looking at the playoff races, I think right now, really, with all due respect to the White Sox, the only sex appeal for me is the National League East with the Braves and Mets both on winning streaks, both six and four in their last 10 and one game separating them. That's the only thing that's an actual race right now. Milwaukee's eight back and their 78 wins would have them fourth in the national league East. They've, they, they failed at the deadline. They, they imploded, they backfired like an 87 Camaro. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. And I think they need to have a conversation about how seriously they want to win because they made the exact wrong move that you make when you're where they are now. Would they still be winning the division given the way Jordan Montgomery and uh, Jose Quintana have pitched and Albert Pujols has hit in St. Louis? I doubt it. But based on the way that that locker room reacted to the hater deal and the way that they've played since the deadline, I think that they need to have a conversation about how seriously they want to go for it. Because if you want to go for it, you don't trade an elite closer at the deadline. And... These are the results that you get. You're eight games back with three weeks to play. Yeah. The Brew Crew. Have fun. Thanks a lot. Get out of here. Um, yeah, the Braves and Mets is interesting. It's been a lot of fun as a Yankee fan to watch them just kind of beat the crap out of each other. Big two-game set coming up for those two teams here uh, as we wind yep. down the season. Um, so that'll and be good. Real quick on that, like with Atlanta, I feel terrible for poor Ozzy Albies who spent – a couple months on the injured list, finally gets himself back into the game, and I think it was his first or second game back, breaks his thumb right back on the shelf. And, look, he is one of, for my money, he's the best second baseman in baseball. Switch hitter with some pop changes everything for that team, and the fact that they're doing this without him is really impressive. But I feel for the kid because, 
you know, he's working his way back. He wants to be part of the action. Finally gets back on the field, breaks his thumb, back on the shelf. Um, but they got 91 wins uh, without him. And at this point, they just, I think, just put him in bubble wrap and make sure that he gets enough swings that when the playoffs start, he's right back and ready to go for playoff time. And they can add that to their lineup in the playoffs. But I felt bad watching that kid's emotions this weekend because, you know, he wanted to be out there with, with the guys that he played with last year and won with last year. And he finally got back on the field and right back on the shelf. Yeah, well, Dems, Dems the Breaks, right, Tab, as they say? Dems the Breaks. I think it was a great hip-hop song, too. Yeah, well, I mean, the Mets don't exactly have sympathy for any team dealing with injuries. And who, I, who has sympathy for the Mets in return? I mean, honestly, Well, God, the Rolling really. Stones did. Oh, wait, that was sympathy for the devil. Is there a difference? Discuss. Mm. Please allow me to introduce the amazing Mets. Hey, look, uh, it's some fun stuff. I mean, you know, we've talked about the, the Mets here, and, and, you know, the bottom line is since 1986, they have not won a championship. And until... They get over that mountain, over that hill. Um, you know, they're just another baseball team in the National League, and that's all there is to it. By the way, speaking of the National League, the Dodgers have not only clinched the division uh, and a playoff berth, but they've also clinched it for the next five years, too. That's how good they're playing. Yeah, and you know what? It's one of those things where you're like, yeah, they're loaded with prospects, but there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be an opportunity here. You know, the Giants last year jump up into it, and you're like, maybe the Giants are going to hang around. Well, no, Buster Posey retires, Gossman leaves, and they're right back to reality. But um, but then, you know, they let Seager walk. They've got Trey Turner. They trade for Scherzer, let him walk. They have no Walker Bueller at all this year. They're probably not going to have them all of next year. Uh, they got guys off the scrap heap, you know, in the Cy Young conversation in August, uh, you know, don't know what to do at first base. Uh, let's uh, yeah, Freddie Freeman. Uh, <laughs> like ESPN.com this morning has a piece. Is the top three in the Dodgers lineup the best ever? Like, feels really like you know the four letter network is churning the hyperbole machine again. But mm. you look at can you blame the them? Tab they're competing against all the coverage of the Queen. Well, yeah, and you know. I, I tweeted that this morning. Like, seriously, David Muir, shut up. Like, I understand that we that these t- American TV networks sent people over there to cover this. One, don't oh. send 45 people. You can have two people there. You don't need to pay There's the Brooks Brothers yet. for tuxes for that many people to sit on a stage and watch stuff. Um, <clears throat> Something happens here in the States. There's nobody here. Nobody yeah. left to cover it. They're all right. in England. And, well, and, and I'm going to hit that in a second, but... And then it's like, this is history unfolding, and you're talking through the music to tell us how striking the music is. We don't need to hear about the, like, the Queen's full resume again. Like, don't read me the back of Betty Windsor's baseball card. Again, just shut up and let it play out. Just let us watch it. Right? Like, even, even Joe Buck knows to shut up when history's <laughs> happening on the field. And here's David Muir. Well, you know, this is just like we saw when, you know, the boys behind Diana's casket. Well, you, you've said that like every 18 minutes for two weeks. We get it. Like, cut to David Beckham standing in line for eight hours. At least he kept his mouth shut. I'm, I'm now. I hope yeah. there's a documentary of each of that whole thing. Beckham standing in line. Like, I hope they have that every hour 
of all the hours he stood. Just, just live streaming David Beckham standing in yeah. line. And hopefully he wasn't speaking. What would they that call time? it? Twelve hours of gorgeous. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what would they call that documentary? Twelve hours of gorgeous. <laughs> he was clean shaven when he got in line. Oh my god! And he was ZZ Top by the time he. I mean, like he did some, like you know. I mean, there's, we have soldiers who've died on battlefields. And they've been putting Beckham up like he did this, like, glorious, uh, incredible yeah. feat of, of sacrifice. He's if, a if you ask British soccer fans, If you ask British soccer fans, they'd say, well, he stood still for 60 <laughs> minutes a game for the last five years of his career. What so what's standing now on the line he for? scored some amazing goals for my team, Manchester. Oh, no, United. look, I'm, okay. I'm totally throwing shade at the <laughs> But I'm with you, man. There was a lot standing around. Like, seriously. I, I, you know what I want? Pay-per-view? David Beckham and Henrik Lundqvist in a staring contest. Oh, can can that, Brad can Brad Pitt moderate? <laughs> Paul Rudd would officiate. Oh, there you go. And the winner oh, and the man. winner has to pay vigil to Sean Connery uh, for the next year. Um, so these Dodgers, these Dodgers aren't yeah. getting the appropriate coverage, or they're getting too much coverage. Well, not from you know, not not from John Heyman, who's writing literally a daily column. Uh, the debate is over. Aaron Judge is the MVP. It's like you, literally, every day are making the case that there's still a debate. In doing so, you're stirring said debate. He's like, on the bandwagon like everybody else. Oh, he's on the payroll. Um, <laughs> but you couldn't bang out a column like about how important it is that Rizzo's breaking up him and Stanton and how big it is to have a premier first baseman back in the lineup playing well. No, you write another one about, you know, why are we talking about Otani when Aaron judge for like the 12th straight day? Like I'm waiting for John Heyman to write a column. The giants will win the super bowl because their coach's last name is judge. <laughs> That's your John Heyman column for November. Another oh, judge man. winning an MVP. Who you are you are not getting a Christmas card, my friend. You're not getting a Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get one from me, but yeah. you're not gonna get one from him. All right. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, yeah, I get you, man. Look, there's there's still a lot going on here in this. Uh, you know what do we got? A few games left here in this season. A couple of weeks, which I'm kind of excited for. That you know, and and all these different teams that are, are still in the mix here, and some can coast, some got some work to do. And uh, I, I, I mean, it's, it's uh, it was Clemente week last week too. A lot of great moments, uh, a lot of great interviews with a lot of the players who've been inspired by uh, Mr. Clemente too. Maybe we can touch on that a little bit outside of some other things you want to get into today. Um, uh, outside of the the Clemente stuff, is there anything? Because we we didn't have a show last week. We're back at it. Thanks everybody for hanging in there with us. Um, let let, well, me, let me ask you too. There's, there's what, one big thing that I want. On here? There's one big thing that I want to jump on, and it, it's. Somewhat Clemente related, um, fairly in a roundabout way, but very relevant. Um, and you, you, you tongue in cheek said, if something else happens in the U.S., who's going to cover it? Because everyone is sitting in, you know, head to toe Brooks Brothers talking through a parade. Um, but in I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to interview Austin Powers. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Doctor Evil here. Your thoughts? Um, but uh, no, in all seriousness, a complete hard left turn here. Exhale. Um, there, 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 there's a hurricane hitting Puerto Rico right now, and yeah. mm-hmm. 
it's bad and, in and, trouble too. and and seeing um seeing tweets from like marley rivera of espn about her family being okay um but a, there no power on the island um really catastrophic flooding um my my brain goes back to 2017 when hurricane maria hit puerto rico yep uh and it was a cat four when it got there and um and it was i remember you know at that point uh i was fully engaged in covering baseball on a daily basis and um specifically from a latino perspective and talking to and hearing from Puerto Rican players um, and really any Latino player um, was really tough. And I realize and I fully appreciate that um, there's a pennant race going on. Uh, But today is the 19th of September, which tomorrow would be the five-year anniversary of Maria hitting Puerto Rico. So almost five years to the day. And I just remember how that impacted guys who either still had family on the Island, uh, still had interests, you know, whether it be homes or, you know, businesses, whatever, um, on the Island, you know, how it diverted their attention and the steps that, some teams like, you know, I, I remember the Houston Astros sending a plane full of stuff down there. Um, but coming out of Roberto Clemente day at the end of last week, obviously Clemente, uh, Puerto Rican, um, the, the greatest Latino player in the history of the game with all due respect to David Ortiz or Pedro Martinez or Vladimir Guerrero or anyone else, you know, Marish also paid the hall of famers, um, Rod Carew from Panama, though he, he played high school ball in New York. Um, Clemente's the greatest that ever played uh, from a Latin perspective, and that's why they still call him the great one. Before Wayne Gretzky was a great one, it was Roberto Clemente. And the reason that they give out a Roberto Clemente award is because not only was he arguably the greatest right fielder to ever play the game, but he was such an incredible humanitarian. Yes. Uh, and for those that are unaware, on New Year's Eve, Roberto Clemente got on a plane full of supplies to go help people in a different country who were suffering in the aftermath of an earthquake. And that plane went down. And ended his life and career and um, broke a lot of hearts that are still trying to mend. Um, If you ever have a chance to read or talk to or experience Manny Sanguien uh, and hear him talk about how when he heard about it, he just ran and jumped into the ocean and started swimming, thinking that he could find him. Um. He's still heartbroken. Uh, And so the thought that we celebrated Roberto Clemente at the end of last week and over the weekend, and now Puerto Rico is getting crushed by a hurricane, is um, 
it's kind of a lot to process, and I know that there are going to be a lot of players located, and the hurricane looks like the trajectory is going to um, pass over Puerto Rico, and it, it looks like the path that they're forecasting is heading for the Dominican. And obviously there are players from the Dominican that are going to be concerned as well. Um, it's a lot. And these guys are all, every single team is going to be impacted by this. Um, and some guys, whether it's reporters, players were able to get family out. Um, it sounds like Puerto Rico had done its best to uh, bolster itself for this storm, but they were, st- it's been five years and there are parts of Puerto Rico that are still years from recovering from Maria. And so, uh, you know, just thinking about those folks right now, um, especially in the wake of Roberto Clemente Day, and and I'm hopeful that Major League Baseball and a lot of the teams uh, are able to step up and support the players on their rosters that are concerned, um, but also support the people down uh, in Puerto Rico and, you know, hopefully not, but it looks like the Dominican uh, that are going to have a, a really rough stretch of life here coming up, trying to put stuff back together. Uh, I'm hopeful that Major League Baseball steps up like they did last time and is able to provide some assistance because, obviously, we talk about it a lot here, Paul. Um, Major League Baseball would not be what it is today without the influence of Latin American players, without Puerto Rican players, without Dominican players. Um, and it's just not those places. Obviously, other countries, islands, make a huge impact. Cuba, Venezuela, Curacao. Um, but those two places specifically right now, there's a lot of guys. And when you look at these pennant races, um, you look at Toronto's roster, there's so many guys on that team. Uh, Vladdy Jr., obviously, from the Dominican Republic. Uh, you look at Tampa Bay. You know, one of the stories that I, I wanted to chat with you about, we can dig into it in a second here, but um, Tampa Bay started an all-Latino lineup on Roberto Clemente Day. Mm-hmm. First time that that's ever happened. But all of these guys are now, you know, have concerns for family members or teammates' family members or friends. Um, and I don't, I, you know, a lot of guys that are from Venezuela play winter ball in the Dominican. Um, so there, there's a lot going on here to, to deal with. If you're the Seattle Mariners, you know, Julio Rodriguez is young. He's not making tens of millions of dollars. He's probably got some concern for family members. Um, so there's just, there's a lot going on right now with that. And I'm just mindful of what. Uh, what those players and their families are dealing with right now, because that's a lot to process and you're right in the heat of a pennant race. And it make I cannot fathom trying to play, do my best at something with that in the background. I, I, I just, I, it's hard to imagine balancing those two realities. Uh, but that's what a lot of guys are going to have to do here for a while. Um, and so I'm just I'm thinking of them right now. Yeah, no, uh, great stuff there, Tab. It, it's amazing how this uh, this hurricane season just kind of turns on. You know, when you when you're living here in the states and you can kind of see 
just the reports coming out. I mean, even Japan, we've got so many players from Japan in the league now, too, and they just got crushed by um, a typhoon. Yeah. And, uh, geez, it was, I think they were monitoring a big storm up uh, by Alaska there, too. And it's just amazing how all of a sudden it's like, it, you know, the, the antenna's got to be up here for these storms that are going to come up the Gulf Coast, the Gulf Coast there and everything else. I mean, obviously, all, all of us here stateside, uh, you know, living down uh, or have family or down by Florida and, and any, all of us here on the East Coast, anything that comes up, Carolinas, uh, you know, all of, we've been hit by our fair share of them over the over the decades, but we're lucky because it's a long stretch as far as us being up here in New York. Um, but all of those players that come from uh, Central and South America, I mean, this is basically a way of life year in and year out at this time of the year. And you're just dodging bullets. And, yeah, I mean, you know, related to these guys now um, having to work in their profession and play at their best and knowing that their families are back home, and this is the time of the year, right? It's the time of the year in baseball when you got to play at your best. It's the most stress, most anxiety as far as where your team is, depending especially if you're in a playoff race and trying to win a championship. And then in the back of your mind. If you're in a contract here, yeah, right? Wow. If you're playing and in the back money, of the mind, though, it's more stress to put a, you know, and there's a lot of guys that are trying to put that, you know, dot the I and cross the T on their resume that they're going to go to market with. So let's not even, like, the pennant races in large part are pretty much figured out right now. There are a lot of guys that are playing for more. Um, but in general, all this is going on while their families are back home in these places that are in the, you know, in the path of these storms. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, um, you know, even, you know, South Florida might start getting it a little bit here, but definitely Ah, the Dominican. That's all right. Well, you know, as long as the Dolphins keep beating the Patriots, we'll be (laughs) fine. But no, like, but again, like you you think about, and we're, it, it feels so, we've talked about this at other times, Paul. It feels so selfish as a fan or somebody that writes about or talks about games. They're games. Um, Obviously, there's a ton of money invested in these games. It's a profession. It's a job. There are people that make money watching, evaluating games. But it's a game. And it feels so selfish for us as fans to sit back and have the luxury of saying things like, I can't imagine how hard that is. Because, because uh, you know, I, I live outside of Chicago. We don't deal with hurricanes. Um, just losing streaks. Earthquake. Yeah, just losing streaks. Uh, and we're <laughs> well-versed with that, so very well-prepared. <laughs> but, no, but but it, it just it, it feels, feels just – the lip service to say, you know, I can't imagine, and and I'm I'm especially mindful of it because, like I said, in '17, you know, I I saw the the pain on these guys' faces before and after games, and people would ask them questions about their performance on the field, and you know, it was like, you know, my wife asking me who's picking my kid up from his golf meet today, you know, in the middle of the third quarter of the Bears game last night. Ooh, got 30, there got are certain lines you don't cross. No, but there's 37 other things. Yeah, ask Chris Collinsworth about that one. Um, <laughs> but 
But you know, like that that glazed over look that you have when you're thinking about 13 other things and somebody's trying to ask you a question. Like, and, and that's a really cheap analogy for me to make, but these guys are thinking about, like they get off the field and a lot of the younger, especially the younger guys that don't have the bag yet, they're getting off the field and they're going straight to their locker and they're taking out their phone and they're looking at WhatsApp for text messages. Are you okay? And when, when it's this devastating and there's no power and the service is out, there's no way for there to be communication. And so you're just hoping to hear something or anything. And so, you know, for us to be able to, with the comforts of our living rooms uh, or man caves or whatever, be able to, you know, you know, extend sympathy, I guess. Um, at this stage, it's really the best that we can do. Um, but again, my hope is as a baseball fan that Major League Baseball as they did in 2017. There were specific teams in the Major League Baseball at large. Uh, I hope that they follow suit this year and step into the void where sometimes politics can get in the way uh, of doing the right thing. They step in and say, look at the guys on the field from these places. We, We see you. We appreciate your concerns. We recognize your concerns. We're with you. And we're going to help you. And if there are family members that need to get help getting out, we're going to do that, which the Astros brought an entire plane full of uh, people affiliated with the team uh, out of Puerto Rico when they could actually do that, uh, but also getting supplies in. So my hope is that they do that. Um, and my hope is that, you know, at least there is at least people are able to survive and start the unbearable process of rebuilding. Um, but it's just, it had my perspective on stuff like this changed so much looking those guys in the eye back in 2017 and talking with them and asking them about it and hearing about not hearing from family members for three days, five days after the storm and not knowing, and you got to go out and play a game at seven o'clock at night. And, in between at bats, you just want to go stare at your phone and see if anybody picks up. You're waiting for those three dots, like somebody's typing something. Uh, I can't imagine it. And so um, there's a lot of playoff baseball that's going to come. Uh, there are playoff races that are heating up. But I think my, I guess my final comment on this would be uh, to fans at large, if somebody looks like he's having a bad day, Maybe think about the fact that there might be something else behind it and not just can't catch up with a fastball. Because, you know, some of these guys are going to have a really crappy day at the plate or a really crappy day on the mound. And it might be because they've got a lot of weight on their shoulders that you can't even imagine. So. Yep, well, we're we're definitely thinking about them. And, uh, you know, I think uh, on a side note, you know, I think, you know, when you ask the question – you know, when when things like this happen and you, you hope the league comes through and helps out, you know, there's so many avenues to go down here. You know, why five years later from Maria is Puerto Rico still in such bad shape and still um, doesn't have the proper power grids? Um, a lot of those people are still in the same situation that they were in five years ago. I mean, you have those questions. You want to get even deeper? A guy like me, I'll ask you know, you got all these Central and South American countries that are just 
you know, they've got certain sections of the island built up for tourism, and the rest of the islands are pretty much on their own. And, um, you know, there's so many things going on there. You know, here we are in 2022, and, uh, you know, as far as these areas that get uh, hit quite often from these storms, they just don't seem to ever really kind of be prepared, and they don't get enough help. But anyway, uh, that's just the way it is right now. And, and you know what, Major League Baseball, don't just rebuild your facilities. Don't well, just put money into fixing up your academies. Well, there you go, bud. I mean, that's don't just, just that's... don't just pay for the academies. But that's because how you know it's going to be, the man. Four year old, the five year old, the six year old that you want playing baseball in that academy when they're old enough is going to struggle with life. Already has for five years. Well, I mean, they're they... going to struggle with the bare necessities for probably three to five more years, if not longer, because of another storm hitting. So don't just put money into your facilities and selfishly say that the academies are you throwing millions of dollars into it. Well, Tim, do you do you know from your experience? Yeah, well, do you know from your experience if they build these facilities down there, do they do anything for the uh, outer extending community, or is it really just they build a nice facility, a nice stadium, and they get out of there? Some of them do. Some of them do. And you know what? There there are players that are investing their time and talent and finances into those facilities. Carlos Beltran has an academy in Puerto Rico that isn't just a learn how to play baseball until you're not good enough and then get your butt back out on the street situation. Big Poppy and Pedro Martinez do stuff down there too, right? They have- they're, very, they're very heavily involved. In your see- and I think since the last hurricane in Puerto Rico, you've seen more guys speaking up about not – just having a walled off complex where the select chosen few are allowed to have four, you know, four hour baseball air quotes school every day and a couple good meals. Because again, like the, it, it goes back to the problems that we have in having players of every race and creed and, socioeconomic background in the United States playing the game. It's a, it's, it's a barrier for entry, right? You need the opportunity to play and you need the ability to grow in the game and enjoy the game and develop in the game. And if you make it exclusive, you're only going to get those that you make it exclusive to or for. And if you want future generations from the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico playing the game at the level that you want them to be playing at, which is so freaking selfish. But if you want to have those generations playing at the level that you've come to appreciate players from those part of the world playing at, they need to have fields that they can actually play on. And they need to be able to eat and go to school and live. They need a bed to sleep in and a roof over their heads and they need food on the table. And I'm not asking Major League Baseball to go in and politically fix the economies of all these islands, but to be naive to think that building an academy is good enough for 14 to 17-year-olds to get ready for a draft when you've got everyone between the ages of 4 and 13 that theoretically is going to feed into that academy struggling with daily life, the uphill climb is going to be that much steeper in the future because you're not taking care of those that you want filling that academy in the future. And again, 
this feels so superficial and selfish to frame it this way. But if that's what it takes for you to invest in something outside of those four walls, then damn it, we'll put it that way. We'll, we'll feed the selfishness. If you want to have the seven-year-olds today when they're 14 feeding your academy, then you got to do something to help that seven-year-old grow up into a professional athlete. It's what it is. And it's pathetic that you got to put it that way, but that's what the reality is in a lot of instances. But there are, and all of the, the parents of these kids, the grandparents of these kids, their sisters, their wives, their girlfriends, the, the people that don't play baseball need it more than the people that play baseball. That fraction of a percent that get to go live in an academy is so far from relevant to the larger perspective of the island that you just you need to take care of the whole thing. And I'm not, again, not, not expecting Major League Baseball to suddenly become like the ambassador to Puerto Rico and go spend all their money to save the thing. But politics get in the way and business interests get in the way. And I just I, I think that doing the right thing, if Rob Manfred really wants to make good with some of the players that he's been battling tooth and nail over the idea of an international draft. If you want if he wants to, you know, extend a, an olive branch here, put your money where your mouth is and go invest in those communities and those places that are getting absolutely devastated right now because they are getting devastated right now if you look at the satellite images we don't even have video i don't think i haven't seen much yet uh, mostly because david muir is still talking over a parade but <laughs> we there's nothing it's bad you can find them on twitter yeah. there's there's some really yeah, bad soledad o'brien tweeted it this morning like we're every single network in the u.s is focused on the queen's funeral while puerto rico which is a protectorate of the United States that is on the cusp of applying to become a state is getting absolutely devastated. You know, and, and, I, and they just, with they all due just, respect to the queen, I think that there's a priority F up going yeah, on. But yeah, but yeah, but that's England. She's the queen of England. She's not the queen of the United States. She's not the queen of the world. She's not the queen of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Look, I mean, I understand I got, that, I got I understand that they're politically week. important to us and that it's a historic yeah, it's worldwide a, moment, but Let's let's talk about what's going on here because it's a it's a real look you real know, situation. They don't, they don't care, Tab. I mean, last Sunday, I you know uh, you know on nine eleven, it was like it was wall to wall coverage on all the networks here, the Queen, and you know I guess so much about never forgetting everything, and it's just like to me, it's just it's just it just goes to show you, man, it just doesn't matter. You know, it's it's it, and it's a shame because I, you know, I hear what you're talking about. We're talking about in the baseball sense, especially with the players, uh, the employees in the MLB that you know, or have family members in, in Puerto Rico here. And again, you know, Japan got hit too with the typhoon. We've got a lot of Japanese players in the league too. But it's just, um, I think it's just too much to coverage here, buddy. The Queen and we got, you know, the, the league is gonna, the league itself. I guess I'll just say this: it's going down. Let's give the league. A little chance here as as the water subsides here, and then let's see what happens. You know, and yeah. for me, and like on I said, level, I, I, our I was, administration I here has surprised. to do something here too. Our administration here in this country has to do something too, and we have to see what their answer is going to be here as well. Because right. if you remember back in and, 2017, it wasn't very good. So here right. we are again, and let's see if the current administration is going to step up with humanitarian aid here and yeah. make sure our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico aren't forgotten again. 
Absolutely. And like I said, full marks to Major League Baseball, some of the teams uh, for stepping up in 2017. I fully expect that that will happen. Um, But I'm just hoping that we quickly see and hear some of those stories happening again. Because unfortunately for a lot of people in this world, if you do it once, that's good enough. Um, But unfortunately it needs to happen again because on almost the five-year anniversary of the last time Puerto Rico got devastated, it's happening again. So, um, yeah. So I think that it, 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 it's hard for that to, you know, for us to transition to jumping in a, you know, full-blown playoff races because with the knowledge that some of these players are going to be, um, you know, considering, concerned about, thinking about, focused on something else down the stretch here. And there are going to be guys in other places that are um, that aren't in playoff races that are going to have equal struggles. Um, and there are going to be guys that are playing for money um, with contracts coming up that are going to have to do their best to try and figure out how to, you know, not block it out, but divert a significant amount of their attention to uh, what's going on in the field uh, while they're out there. But let's just, uh, let as fans, uh, you know, let's, let's give some of these guys, a, a you know, an ounce of compassion and an ounce of patience as they struggle. Uh, because again, there, there, there might be a lot of reasons for that. And that's true of anybody, right? Not that we, we've, we've given guys crap in the past. You know, Joey Gallo struggled, obviously, with the Yankees. There, there were a lot, you know, and he, he talked about not even wanting to go out to dinner because people are busting their chops. Um, and I think we just need to have a lot more uh, pause for how athletes perform. Um, it's tough for people to do that, Tab, when they're making so much money. It is. It, it is. really is. It, it is. it is hard for us to Especially allow... Especially baseball players. It is hard for us to allow people to remain humans while making money that doesn't seem naturally right. And $40 Tim, million this, dollars feels this, like it's not... Yeah, and there's the crossroads there. Rational. Right? There's, there's the crossroads in the class, right? Because most people want to... They, they watch sports... They're uh, so involved in sports because they want the sports to be a distraction or I'm getting away from what's going on in the world. I don't want to hear about the Queen. Sorry about Puerto Rico. But, you know, Judge just hit his 58th and 59th. He's chasing a triple crown. Pujols is, uh, you know, closer to 700 here. Um, you got some, you know, I mean, this is football season started. You know, hockey training camps are opening up here. And a lot of people... The majority of people are going to be like, hey, I don't want to hear about this now. I'm, I'm into sports. I'm watching these guys. I'm watching these guys. They're getting paid. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I hope their family's going to be okay. But, you know, this stuff goes on all the time around the world, and I'm, I want to watch sports, and sports takes me away from the real world. Well, you got that, you got that thing going against it, you know? That, that is the paradox of being a sports fan. You know, and, 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 and a lot of the and, leagues, too, will use – not that they'll use, but, I mean – Let's put it this way, Tab. There's a lot of, if, if there's a, uh, a storm, a catastrophic event, a tragedy, 
you know, sports then will take the initiative down the road to create these monumental, you know, acknowledgments at the games, um, whether it's a special event, whether it's an acknowledgement here and there. I mean, baseball, you know, if you look at baseball, you know, where it's the seventh inning stretch at every ballpark, you know, here in New York, they recognize, I'm sure they're doing this all over. I'm just, I just know from going to City Fields here and Yankee Stadium. Seventh inning stretch, God bless America, it's played, and we acknowledge a military veteran, you know? So it's kind of all, right. it's, it's kind of also ingrained in it. I guess the bottom line here, when you have a, a catastrophic event like here now, you're talking about money, you're talking about support, you're talking about acknowledgement, you're talking about sympathy from the fans to the players who might be struggling, you know? In the end, the average Joe is probably going to say, you know, Teb, you're, you're asking a lot here. Just please just talk about baseball because I can't do anything for the people. You know, let me know where the donation website is and I'll send a few bucks. But, you know, I had a really hard week at work and, you know, I'm struggling myself too. And I just want to, you know, put on my Giants jersey and watch the Giants, you know, ride on this epic two-win season they're having right now, man. Yeah. No, you're right. And that's it's just the way the, it is. The, the, hard, the hard thing for someone or something that is supposed to be a distraction from the grave realities of life is when the grave realities of life invade those who are supposed to be the distraction. And that's the hard part. And, you, you know, you, you brought up 9-11. Um, you know, I think you heard a lot of the, you know, hear, you hear interviews every year. And different networks will replay their, um, you know, their packages of old video. And you'll hear guys like Mike Piazza talk about that legendary home run that he hit for the Mets. And you'll hear guys talk about the Yankees playing in that World Series, right? And they dug into that on, in the Jeter doc, and you've heard about it other places and other times, and um, how hard it is for them to do that. And it's so impressive for me when guys can elevate their game at that time, you know, watching and hearing Derek Jeter talk about how he felt the responsibility of trying to play for New York and represent New York at the worst possible time, New York. Um, but for those of us that aren't in that, don't have that level of mental capacity or athletic capacity to do that, um, you're right. Like it's a, it's a daily grind that we just try and get through. And, you know, we're going to go on with the arguments about Judge versus Otani we're going to go on with, you know, talking about which team do you want to avoid in the playoffs. We're going to go on with talking about Julio Rodriguez being the American League Rookie of the Year, Paul Goldschmidt being the National League MVP, who's going to end up with a Cy Young Award. We're going to go on and we're going to talk about that stuff. And that that's just the new cycle that we live in. That's just the calendar, you know, does not stop moving. The, the clock on your phone or your watch doesn't stop ticking. Um, life continues to move, but, uh, but I think, you know, I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time in the wake of Roberto Clemente day, uh, um, you know, being mindful of what's going on in Puerto Rico, because again, like I said, 
haven't looked those guys in the eye. Um, not everybody's cut from the same cloth as Derek Jeter. Uh, not everybody can bolster their metal in those situations. And look, Derek Jeter was able to, a couple hours later when he got cell phone service, text mom and dad and say, we're good. How are you? Um, and it was the same country. Uh, it wasn't on an island that uh, is part of the country that you can't hear anything from for four or five days. Um, you can't just get in a car and drive up there and see if they're all right. So, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's, um, it's something that I just think needs to have some airtime, uh, today because everybody's talking about the queen. Everybody's talking about Aaron judge. Everybody's talking about, I'm not talking about picking a fight at the NBA, at the NFL game yesterday. Uh, everybody's talking about Kanye West have, leaving the gap. Um, oh, but but there, there are things that I think need attention, and I think you know, one of the benefits of having the platform that we do is talking about you know things that stir our interests and emotions a little bit. And I think coming out of Roberto Clemente Day, it would have been a massive fail for both of us to not uh, shed some light and, and share some perspective on what's going on in Puerto Rico right now because it needs it. And we could talk about the guys that have won the. Roberto Clemente Award in the past, but not we, you know, last time we were on, we talked about the nominees for this year. Um, but a lot of the guys that have won it in the past uh, have won it because of endeavors that they have in the Caribbean uh, helping folks. And there's a big opportunity for more than just the Yadier Molinas and Albert Pujolses uh, and Carlos Beltrans of the world to jump in and help people right now. And, uh, you know, selfishly, I look forward to hearing some of the stories, uh, but it's an absolute damn shame that these stories are going to be needed because of a devastation that hits again, five years, almost to the day that they had it the last time in Puerto Rico. It's just breaks my heart that it's literally almost the anniversary and they're going through this again. And they hadn't come back all the way from the last one because of politics and all the other bullshit out there. So, um, yeah. Well, good stuff, brother. I mean, well said and uh, absolutely needed to be recognized. And again, like I said, uh, in a sport, an MLB, and we have talked about it here on LDR uh, in the past as far as, um, you know, the diversity in the league and with the majority of the players uh, coming from the region there. Um, it's definitely important that we uh, recognize it today, and we do. We hope for the best for everybody in Puerto Rico. And um, like I said, the hurricane season is just getting started, so... Uh, we got to brace themselves. So let's do this right now. We will transition into some of the storylines from last week and some things that have been happening, obviously, uh, at the end of this week, going into this weekend, before we turn the corner here and head towards wrapping up this uh, LDR episode today. Now, I got to lead with this one from my boy, Mr. Bab Bamford. Uh, Aaron Boone is two wins away from his fourth 90th win season. In five seasons with the Yankees. And I think that needs to be, uh, you know, recognized. Now, obviously, he doesn't have a ring yet. But uh, all the Booney haters out there, my boy's still bringing it. Through all the adversity that he's going through as far as being a manager, managing uh, probably the greatest, most popular baseball team in the world. Your silence is deafening. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, look, we have we've, we've talked about Booney a lot. Um, I think he gets uh, look. He's the manager of the Yankees, which means he's going to live in this crossroads of getting more credit than he deserves and more blame than he deserves. Um, the reality for me is that if you are the manager of the New York Yankees, uh, and I don't think that I'm going out of bounds by saying this, um, George Steinbrenner would not have given a rat's ass about four straight 91 seasons. Woody? No, it's it's not four I mean, straight. I, I, we had the COVID if, season. If, if you feel like George Costanza coming in saying, "But we won ninety games." No, I I know, but I think in 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 the very competitive hard league of Major League Baseball, and you know, Booney's one of the few guys who's actually this is his fifth season here. I mean, like I said, everybody got that that third season in there because of the COVID, the shortened season here. But yeah, um, and you know. Look, I'm not looking for any uh, pats on the back here as a Yankee fan, okay? Um, it's just, they're so quick. People, and even fans themselves, are so quick to, to dump this guy when things are bad, you know? And I've just been so impressed, especially through this uh, this past couple of months you know, that they've been through. And now he's getting his buddies back. He's getting his boys back uh, in the lineup here. And I just wanted to acknowledge it a little bit. And again, it'll be on him. If he gets a healthy team here uh, to go the rest of the way, finish out the schedule strong, I just think it's pretty impressive when you look at Major League Baseball as a whole and some of the top managers in the league. And, and if, if you don't win the World Series, it's even more emphasized here in New York. But, you know, as far as a, he's, he's a damn good manager. He's a winning manager. And those are hard to find in Major League Baseball, especially uh, managing beyond two to three, four seasons with one of the top franchises in the league. And you go around and you look at some of the other storage franchises in baseball, uh, I think Booney needs a little tip of the cap. Like I said, I'm not asking for anybody here to pat him on the back or me on the back or whatever. I'm just a Booney fan, and I think it's good stuff what he's going through. Now, that said, the other things I just want you to touch on to do, because I think we need to, and that's what Judge is doing, not only just because he's a Yankee, but the history that he's chasing right now. Uh, in a tough spot here for the Yankees, how they've been up and down playing, waiting for some of these guys to get back in the lineup. And also, you know, a guy like Pujols here, close to 700, win, uh, 700 home runs. I mean, this is just a couple of things that I definitely want you to touch on today as far as where they stand right now in terms of baseball history that me and you and all baseball fans right now are getting to tune in. And it's exciting to watch something else going on here outside of the uh, you know the playoff races. Well, first of all, um, let's stick with the Yankees. For a second, um, I think what Aaron Judge is doing is phenomenal. Um, I tongue in cheek joke with, about you know the guys like John Heyman on Twitter who are writing a daily "the debate is dead" column, even though you're debating with yourself. <laughs> um, because look, you're you're sitting here with you know when Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown. People argued that Mike Trout had a, had a more impressive season. Uh, and some of your advanced analytics would have supported that discussion. Um, but I think when you talk about the Triple Crown and the frequency with which it's been achieved in either league, uh, 
that's something that needs to be recognized. And right now, you look at Aaron Judge and the home runs that he's hitting. Most of these power hitters are hitting somewhere between 220 and 270. So the fact that he's still hitting 315, 316, to me is more impressive than the RBI number being first in the league. Um, though driving in that many runs, when we've talked about for the last two months, no one on getting on base around him is even more impressive. It's like if you have the audacity of putting someone on within a sniffing distance, a judge, he's going to drive him in because otherwise no one else is doing anything for them. Um, judges carried the Yankees to remain in first place. Um, I, I, I respect the hell out of what Shohei Otani is doing this year. Um, and the reason that I hate the name of the award most valuable is because quantifying value is so contradictory to how voters vote for these things. Because if you're truly talking value, no one in baseball is more valuable than Shohei Otani or will be for the next decade if he stays healthy because he's winning games as a pitcher on a team that sucks. And we even with Mike Trout missing time this year, he's put up numbers on a team that sucks. Mm -hmm. And what he's done offensively reminds me of what Andre Dawson did when he was the MVP in 1987 in the National League on a last-place Cubs team. But he's got Mike Trout next to him, and Mike Trout, you know, didn't he hit a homer in, what, eight straight games or something like that? Like, you've got a transcendent guy in the lineup with him, so I think that that in some ways takes away from the awe that we should have for Otani and, frankly, takes away from how ridiculously good Mike Trout is at baseball. But the fact that that team still sucks, I think, we take away from what they're doing individually. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of most outstanding player. And you've got that name for, like, college tournaments, final, you know, the basketball tournament, the hockey tournament. It's the most outstanding player. It's not the most valuable. Um. Because we have seen in some rare instances, like in hockey, the postseason MVP award has in the past gone to someone who did not win the Stanley Cup. Yep. Because a goaltender carried his team to the final when they had no business being there and they lost because the team wasn't that good, but the goaltender was so damn good that the media did the right thing and gave a losing team's best player, the most valuable player. Award. Yeah, one, one that comes to mind is you get right. And, uh, yeah. um, Lost to the but Dallas. for me, I, I, I feel like all of these awards should be most outstanding player because no one's knocking your socks off like Aaron judge right now. And for the last month before Rizzo and Stanton were back in that lineup, there was no incentive to throw him anything. Yeah. Like we've, I've asked you this question like six weeks in a row. At what point do they stop throwing at Aaron Judge? Now they have to because Rizzo's back. Yeah, Stan baby. looks like he's starting to get a little something in there, and that's just going to help guys like Donaldson suck batting eighth instead of sixth. Um, <laughs> hey, J.D.'s Glaber been Torres playing good, suck batting man. Seventh instead you leave of J.D. alone. Uh, but, home runs for us, man. Yeah, but uh, – what he's done is so freaking impressive and uh, with the bright lights and for all of the BS that guys 
in New York will say, well, it's a West Coast bias. It's not an East Coast bias. Respectfully bullshit. No one on the East Coast, where all of the cameras live, where most of the media capitals are, CNN is and Turner are headquartered where? Atlanta. MLB Network is in Secaucus. Uh, ESPN is in Bristol. No one's staying up on the East Coast until 10 o'clock at night to watch the first pitch of a game in California. There's two reasons I bring that up. One, no one really gets to see what Otani does until they wake up in the morning. But secondly, the lights are brighter on the East Coast, and they sure as hell are brighter if you're a New York Yankee. Mm -hmm. And so for as much as I poo-poo the expectations on Aaron Boone, I did that to set up the argument that Aaron Judge bet on himself at the beginning of this year. People openly questioned if he was worth $300 million because he's old and he hasn't done it in the postseason. And he's had up and down years. He, he still had the, hasn't done it in the postseason. And he blew up his rookie year. And then you've been waiting for that to show up again. Well, guess what? He bet on himself. He put all of the pressure in the world on himself to show up this year on a Yankees team that people doubted on a Yankees team that people had questions about. He didn't take the money and sit back and be like, eh, let's see what happens. Let's see how it plays out here. He said, I'm going to go show out. And he showed out and he had, he's having a season for the ages. And so for me, what Judge is doing is transcendent. I think it should get more national attention. I think it's getting a fair amount of do. I think the fact that you've got guys like John Heyman beating the drum about it's over already is diminishing the greatness of what Judge is doing. So full marks to him. On the Pujols side of things, look, as someone that grew up in Chicago and watched this guy do most of his damage. It felt like it feels like he's going to get to 700 home runs and 655 are against the Cubs. Um, and that's with a decade playing for the uh, angels on the wrong side of the country, but watching him just dust it off and say, hey, screw it. Let's empty the tank and see what happens here. And just go on an absolute tear uh, is just, breathtaking and the fact that he passed a rod god bless the further we push that guy down hall you know all-time lists the better but the thought that he was washed up and doa and his career was over and he was just cashing checks for the last three years that he was in anaheim and they just straight up told him to go away and he went to the dodgers and they were like eh thanks for coming uh and let him go he went back to st louis he was batting under 200 for a couple months and they found a way to utilize him. They found a way to get him the right number of at bats. They found a way to put him in a position to succeed. And the dude has just said, fine, bring it. And he's doing this thing. It's been fun to watch. And he's such a class act and he represents the game and himself so well, uh, you know, for all of the flaws people talk about with Alex Rodriguez with cheating the game and the personality that a lot of people don't like. And, the fact that he's pretty and feels like he's kind of a contrived marketing gimmick to lots of people. But Albert he is. is the complete opposite. <laughs> he is. But Albert Pools is the opposite, right? He's not hopping on Shark Tank. He's not, not looking yet. for the latest commercial. You know, A-Rod's got to go yet. out on, uh, A-Rod's got to jump on Instagram and be like, you know, with a cigar in his mouth and a, Four thousand dollars suit and say, "Hey, maybe I'll dust it off and see if I can get to seven hundred too." Narcissists like, do, Tab. Yeah, make like a coat hanger and get bent, a rod. This is about Albert Pujols, 
reminding all of us that he is arguably the greatest right-handed hitter that has ever played the game. And he's going out with a bang, uh, and I love it. I hope he gets to 700. I hope he gets to 701 and 702. And I hope he gets into the playoffs. And as much as I hate saying that I want to see the Cardinals do damage, I want to see Albert Pujols go out with the bang. I want to see him perform the way that he did in his 20s and remind everyone one last time that he is great at the game of baseball. And I feel like it's one last selfish treat for fans that love this game is watching a dude ride out on on the right horse, right? John Elway won two Super Bowls and said, thanks, I'm out. We've seen David Ortiz had maybe the best season of his career and said, I'm good, thanks, guys. I would love nothing more than to see Albert Pujols, who, unlike Ortiz and unlike John Elway, who were both playing at the top of their game until they decided to walk away on top, was washed and given up for dead. His career was done. He was just cashing checks. No one thought that he was a viable player anymore. I want to see him extend, and he would never do this because he's a class act and he's a man of faith. But metaphorically extend as many middle fingers as he possibly can to everybody that said his career was over. Yep. So I, I, I want to see him get those bright lights of October one last time and go put on a show for the ages. Because you know what? I love it. I love the chaos and I love the drama and I love the history. And that's a narrative that would live forever. Yep. No, it's, uh, look, it's a great part of this, uh, this baseball season. You know, these extra stories that we get to uh, – to follow along in addition to, uh, you know, the first year of the new wild card system. Uh, so the, the extra playoff yeah. teams. So there's a, there's a lot of good stuff to hear that's going on uh, in and around just the, uh, the regular races that we tune in for because there's additional races. And, um, you know, the playoffs are going to be interesting too because, you know, when we get to the final uh, rosters that are set here for the postseason, once we know where the teams are set, and then the managers really have to go to work. And the Aaron Boones and – uh, Dusty Bakers and, and the rest of the crew here, uh, you know, with the powerhouses, with the favorites, uh, who are going to be matched up against some couple of teams here been playing some pretty hot baseball. Some teams have been playing some inconsistent baseball. And sometimes, Tab, you know that sometimes can be the most difficult to manage against because you don't know which team is showing up at the ballpark that day. Yes, and sir. And that's also a great part of um, this time of the year as well, too. So we've got some great things to look forward to uh, the last couple of weeks as far as some of these um, – Records that are being chased, some incredible uh, performances by uh, some incredible baseball players this year. We've got players coming back who've been injured here now uh, during these dog days of the summer here that are now coming back to their teams at the height of these playoff races. You know, teams like the Yankees, teams like Tampa Bay, um, you know, getting some guys back in the roster here, uh, you know, all across the board here, teams just getting help which is going to just um, flip things again. So you almost get like a third season here, a uh, third part of the season before the fourth part of the season. If you go from opening day to, you know, June, and then you're sitting into July, August here, and then now you're looking at the playoff races, and then, uh, you know, the real deal is going to start here. Uh, all in all, it, it's been just a great baseball season here uh, to be a part of uh, just, you know, commentating on it here along with you at LDR and, and just enjoying it as a fan. So, um you know, the weather's still nice out there. Got out to the ballpark here if you can for a regular season game here. I know the tickets aren't easy to get here, especially in the local area. Um, 
and they're a little expensive, but there's some fun stuff. And, and just, you know, when you take the Mets and the Yankees that are going to get into the dance here, um, and, you know, even talking about St. Louis, I mean, they've got a great shot of not only just getting into the playoffs here too, but, you know, maybe causing some trouble. It's going to be great to see what the Braves do. I mean, just watching Toronto and uh, Tampa Bay go back and forth here, uh, just trying to gain some ground here in the Yankees. And then watching the Orioles just kind of picking picking some wins here off. Um, and, 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 you know, I have to point out this list uh, today, too, because, you know, you've been calling them the fighting Buck Showalters whole season. And yesterday, they get into it with the Pirates there. As Alonzo didn't uh, like getting hit in the arm there. Uh, after Wildman, the Pirates here. I mean, you know, and that's something we talked about here on the uh, – you know, and you brought it up here with teams officially getting eliminated. And I don't know if we somehow uh, can swing this back into a post-LDR episode here when the season wraps up. Is 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 the the void of some of these just bad teams that continue to play bad uh, rolling into next year and uh, and what to expect? But uh, it, it's good stuff, man. I'm glad to be here for it, Tab. I got to tell you, man, this has just been some fun stuff. You know, being a Yankee fan, it's a bonus. Um. But I think we're starting to get a little jacked up now, obviously following what Aaron's doing here and hitting the ball out, but uh, getting some of the truth facts. And I, I want to say this, too, because, like I said, Rizzo's been a guy that's played with you in Chicago for years. And, man, what a breath of fresh air and, and a difference he makes getting back into the lineup. Not a perfect game against the Brewers yesterday in, in, in any way, shape, or form. But just having him back in the roster, and, and that's something we'll be looking out for, too, in the coming weeks is the key players on the teams, the leaders, the clutch guys. And the guys are going to make the huge difference, not only at the plate, uh, defensively in the field, but ultimately on the mound as well, too. So some great stuff to look forward to here in the last couple of weeks of September. These are the two weeks, three weeks, where character pays dividends in playoff races. And a guy like Rizzo, yeah, the Yankees needed a left-handed bat. They went out and got two last year. And we saw what happened with Gallo, right? There's a reason that the Yankees brought Rizzo back. There's a reason they extended him. Look, he's got back issues. He had back issues in Chicago. You knew that going in. Staying on the field can be a a, a tricky thing for Anthony Rizzo. But there aren't many guys in the game. He's a former Roberto Clemente Award winner. There aren't many classier guys in the game. There aren't many guys that play the game with as much fun and love of the game as Anthony Rizzo. But this is the time of year where character shows and character starts to help teams win games. You're not going to win everyone. You're right. You know, it wasn't perfect in Milwaukee. But this is a guy who you know is going to say the right thing at the right time. He's going to do everything that he possibly can to help the team. And that is infectious. And when you've got bright lights and when you've got a guy like Aaron Judge trying to make history, uh, having a guy like Anthony Rizzo there is going to help. Uh, not just because he's a left-handed bat, but because he has felt the weight of ending 158 years without a World Series. <laughs> um, Sorry, we don't know what that's like here in the Bronx. Sorry. Well, hey, he's won a World Series more recently than the Yankees. Oh, all right, easy, easy, all right. There it is. There's a <laughs> shot. Um, but no, seriously, like, there's value in having someone on the roster that's won a chip, other than the manager. 
and so, and, and, you know, having pitchers that have been to the, to the dance, you know, obviously, you know, Garrett Cole's got a little October experience on the back of his baseball card as well, but uh, having somebody lined up every day is a big deal and having them starting to get healthy again is massive. Uh, so I'm excited for the next three weeks, Paul. I can't wait for next week's show uh, when we figure out are the White Sox any closer to the Guardians or do they fade like the Twins have? Uh, can the Mets stay in front of the Braves or are the Braves just going to pony up and grab the thing again? Uh, and does anybody in baseball, much less the National League, stack up with what the Dodgers bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Even without Clayton Kershaw sometimes, even without Walker Buehler, arguably their best pitcher, they don't give a damn. They're just going to go out and win games. So I'm here for it. I'm excited for what the next uh, three weeks bring. And then guess what? You get postseason LDR. Yeah. And that's all hell breaks loose on the mic yeah. because going into matchups and we are embracing the chaos, Paul. Yes, and me and you have to prepare for the possibility of seeing our good friend, Mr. Dennis Bernstein, live at the World Series. Gird your loins, folks. I mean, uh, Stanley Cup championships, uh, NFL Super Bowls, and now it looks like, again, we're going to have to see DB potentially in the World Series again. I mean, it's, it's Is he going to show up at the MLB draft with a championship <laughs> banner with Patty? Oh. oh, man. Hey, any fantasy baseball left here to talk about? Oh, we, uh, oh, we if, done. You know what? If, 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 I, everybody I think everybody this... cashed in already? At this point, I think if you're if you're need if you need roster help, um, <laughs> you're probably not still alive in your postseason. But if you need somebody, if you're worried about a guy getting a you know a day off, if you've got somebody who's day to day getting ready for the postseason, you know trying to make sure that they're 100. Uh, percent I'll throw Rodolfo Castro from the Pirates out there. He's owned in 16 percent of Yahoo leagues. Uh, he's got three jacks and eight runs batted in in the last week. He's eligible at second, third, and short. So you got a little versatility there. He's playing for the Pirates, which means he should play every day because he's trying to get a job next year on a team that sucks. Uh, <laughs> they're playing anybody and everybody right now. Uh, I'm actually going to start at second base for him on Thursday. Nice. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Rodolfo Castro, the Pirates, there's your fantasy end of the week. If you're still adding at this point, God bless. Uh, because you should have it figured out by now, but, uh, but go for it Ed, again. When we, when we get to postseason LDR, we will be giving out the PayPal Venmo, et cetera, info so that you can throw us a bone. If you were one of those who took advantage of some of our, uh, waiver wire, uh, highlights this year. Um, but yeah, I don't know, buddy. Hopefully your fantasy season, uh, has gone as well or better than mine, though I did upset the two seed in the playoffs in one of my leagues. So I get the one this week after having some injuries take me from first to sixth. They got into the playoffs, and now I'm healthy like the Yankees and ready to be a world beater. So here we go. Go get them, buddy. Go get them. I'll tell you, man, Pittsburgh. Big bragging rights on the table here. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh becoming like the uh, Chicago East over here. On the East Coast, but uh, you know, I, I, you, you know, the Bears fans can't get too. I mean, the the Steelers fans can't get too excited. Um, the Pittsburgh Pirate fans can't get too excited. I, I don't know if the the Penguins fans should really get excited about what's coming up this year either. I, I don't know. So it's 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 it's, hey. it's, all, it's all, a lot like what's going on in Chicago right now. 
Penguins could have traded Crosby to the Yankees last year, but they didn't. The Cubs traded Rizzo there. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, it is time to turn the lights off, lock up the concession stands, turn the sprinklers on, and head on out to the parking lot. As always, I want to thank all you guys for tuning in and following us everywhere at Line Drive Radio. I also want to uh, tip the cap to my uh, fall ball, Little League Angels, my first staunch here as manager of the team. And uh, we had a 12-12 tie with the Yankees yesterday, and I'm proud of my boys. We were only eight uh, men on the field. We got some questions about your bullpen usage in a 12-12 yeah, well, tie. I used three pitchers, and we, they did all right. We had some fielding issues, but it's okay. That's that's common in Little League. And we had no right fielder. We only had eight players, and we still ended up tying. Good stuff. Anyway, Tab, I throw it to you. Say goodbye to the folks. Uh, one last thinking about folks in Puerto Rico. Uh, if you get a chance... Find a way to help folks down there. Uh, please keep them in mind uh, because they're going to need it. All right. Good stuff. Thank you to those folks down there. All right, everybody. Enjoy the games. Watch Judges Weekend. Watch Holes. Watch your favorite team. And we'll be back here next week as we get closer to the postseason as more teams will be eliminated in Major League Baseball. All right. Go out there and play ball. See you down there. Uh-huh.